0: This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you because it is with my soul sister, Dylan Kenneth Hogan. If you do not know Dylan, you are about to get fired up. Dylan does have a YouTube channel, so odds are you might know him from the interwebs, and if you don't, I'm super excited to introduce you to him today. Dylan, being a YouTube star, has been through some very public relationships and very public breakups, and the growth that has happened doing all of this in the public eye has just been incredible to sit on the sidelines and watch. So we dive into that today. We dive into insecurities and abandonment, what it's like to live in a polyamorous culture and not quite feel like you fit there and what his relationship journey has been like. I'm super excited for you guys to get his first hand experience and laugh with us along the way. If you have not already, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. It seriously helps the show so much, you guys. I can't even begin to describe how much it helps. So, if you've got a second, shoot that five-star review, hit that, hit that send button and get that five-star rating and review of Get Psyched out into the ethers. If you are traveling home for the holidays, take your friend's phone, your sister's phone, your mom's phone, your dad's phone, everyone's phone, and please go rate the show. It seriously warms my heart. I read every single review that comes in and it helps the show grow. So If you feel so inclined and giving during this holiday season, please head over to Apple Podcasts and be sure to rate and review. I will stop begging you for your reviews now and get into the show. I hope you enjoy. What got you into YouTube?
1: Andrew Neighbors. You know Andrew Neighbors?
0: I've only seen shirtless pictures of him. Oh, on yeah. Instagram. Well,
1: Andrew Neighbors. Are you recording? Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew Neighbors, uh, famously known as Andrew Goes Places on the internet. Um, he got me into YouTube because we were like really close and we still are really close. So he just moved to LA and he was like, You need to start a YouTube channel. He's like, You're the funniest person ever and not the two-way horn. I'm like, No, so way. So you agree?
2: You think you're really <laughs> funny.
1: <laughs> um,. Yeah, I think I'm, like, a comical character, but, like, I was, like, there's no way I'm going to do YouTube. That's so, like, you have to be, like, a gorgeous, beautiful, like, shredded, like, I just, I always saw YouTubers as these, like, as, like, celebrities, basically. Mm. I don't ever think of myself as, like, that. And then one day, Andrew locked me in his apartment. He's, like, you're not leaving until you record a video. And it was, I can probably pull this up, but, like, it is the most cringy, awful, like, like I was almost talking like I, how do I say it? Like I was talking as if I was an influencer, like what I imagined YouTubers to say. So we're like, hey, what's up, you guys? Like, oh, <laughs> click subscribe, literally like up. smash that like button. I'm like, oh, god, it is literally like the worst thing in the world. I have not watched it since I posted it. It is just awful. But yeah, that's how I to We'll link YouTube. it in the show notes. Yeah, no, you guys can go watch it. It's, on, it's, it's live on my YouTube channel. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. So he locked you in, in his apartment. You came up with this video. Yeah. And then did that kind of spark something? Like, oh, I can kind of do this. Yeah,
1: because, you know, I was lucky enough to have Andrew, like starting in YouTube, like my biggest fear is also like, oh my God, I'm going to flop. And I haven't really like, Gotten a massive following. Like, I've gotten, a, like, for the work that I put into it, I have, you know, YouTube really gives you what you put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to kind of like cheat the algorithm on YouTube. So, like, I've put minimal effort into YouTube and I have like 18,000 subscribers. And um, it's like very. It's like a small group of people, but they're all like so loving. Like I thought for the longest time, like YouTube was just filled with hate comments. And granted, when you get to like Andrew's level, who has like 300,000 subscribers, that is the case because there's so many people there who are have so many different opinions about you. So I was lucky enough to have Andrew there to kind of uh, like show me the ropes. And also give me a small cushion of subscribers mm. when I first started. Because when I before I even post a video, I had like a thousand subscribers because I was on his channel so much.
0: Oh, got it.
1: And everyone's like, oh my God, it's our YouTube channel. What I found was on his channel, because like he has such a curated uh, like type of content he posts, my personality doesn't mesh with everybody. So on his channel, I am extremely polarizing. Got either, it. Either people are living for me or I'm getting like, you should commit suicide kind of no in between no in between either you love me or you hate me on his channel and so that was interesting but also like created such a thick skin for me like now like you can't say shit to me i don't give a shit you're just you're just commenting behind your little laptop or your phone or whatever i don't care you're still watching me Right. You're still here. <laughs>
0: you're, you're still here. Yeah, but my views are still going up. Like
1: you still got me that view, so whatever.
0: Yeah, how has it been, kind of like being in the public eye from a YouTube standpoint? Because I mean, I've watched your YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. We, I, I would like to say, like it's, it's definitely not a front. It's just no. like Dylan.
1: It's like Dylan 2. turned 0. up to ten. Exactly. It's like, that's what I've told people, and like I kind of, I, yeah. So like. I ha- I don't put on like a character for myself. I just, I kind of like have just like an exaggerated, which I guess could be considered a character, but like it's more of like a hyper like positive version of myself, mm-hmm. but it's like 100% authentic. Yeah. And. Oh, I, girl,
0: I saw you in Mexico. I know oh, it's authentic.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so flat, flashback story. I meet Dylan through a different mutual friend, Andrew, not Andrew. Shout out to Andrew James. Hey, Andrew James. Um, And we were going down there for Andrew's birthday. Mm -hmm. And it had started with Andrew being like, Lindsay, I know that you've got a place in Mexico. Let's go down. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll invite some friends. It'll be Mm -hmm. fun. I invite zero friends. Andrew (laughs) invites all the friends. And it was like, I walked in like a RuPaul house
1: oh 100% like like fans clacking everywhere like everyone's trying to do death drops or just throwing themselves on the floor (laughs) it was just a mess
0: and that was how I met Dylan yeah that was was my very first time wasted
1: I like I remember the first night we got there it was just like instant blackout Mm -hmm. because we were just so excited to be
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was how I met Dylan um and so I can be the first one to tell you that it is a thousand percent accurate that YouTube is just Dylan turned up
1: yeah and you know I've never really made I for a while I was making content that I thought was gonna go I wouldn't say viral but something that I thought people wanted to see so like uh, my channel was very much surrounded around like my relationship that one relationship that you were mm, just we're gonna on get the, into that Don't you of, worry. yeah I made it all about us it was like the gate because at the time on the internet what I was seeing was these like super attractive gay couples having these like joint YouTube channels or joint Instagrams. And I'm like, I want to be that. And at the time I was very obsessed with the idea of being like internet famous. Mm. I wanted to be that. So like, it was very much like the chapstick challenge with my boyfriend, which is so cringy and disgusting. It's just like fucking soft corn. Po- so- Can I cuss on this? Yeah. Okay. It's be literally it. like, like softcore porn that, one video, which I don't even know why was a trend. It's disgusting, and like just doing all these like coupley things. I have since privated those videos because they are just like I can't, yeah, I can't. And then I started moving into doing things that just like made me laugh, which don't necessarily get a whole lot of views. Um, they're not showing up on recommendations on YouTube, but they make me laugh when I'm making. So it's like become like this hobby, creative outlet because I'm definitely like a super creative person where it takes a lot of work and a lot of time for me to put that i put into a video but like the product just makes me fucking laugh yeah. it makes me laugh me and my friends laugh i'm literally tailoring these videos to make me and my two best friends laugh and hopefully other people enjoy yeah um if they don't that's okay but like i don't really see i don't really receive like a whole lot of negative critiques except for <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i'll get like okay the jump because i put a ton of memes into my yeah into my videos because that's just what makes me laugh and they're like there's too many jump cuts it's too this to that i'm like no you gotta stick you gotta stick with it You're like, like this it, is where
2: we're at this is where
1: we're at like it's very like family guy not family okay I, I did not just compare myself to family guy but <laughs> you know how family guy will be like in a scene and then they'll like jump to something else yeah it's very that
0: yep yeah. And it's but it's very you and it sounds like there's an element almost of self care. Like there mm-hmm. got to be a point where it shifted from yeah. I'm gonna highlight me and this relationship mm-hmm. and put out on the internet what I'm seeing is successful on the internet mm-hmm. and changed more into wait, I'm actually super creative and this is a creative outlet and kind of feeding my soul. Yeah. How how was it making that shift? Like was well, there a big been- decision?
1: It's been very inconsistent. If you ask any of my subscribers, it was like I was like constantly posting and then I'd stop, and I'd be constantly posting and then I'd stop, and then I I stopped, I hard stop at the beginning of two thousand nineteen, because that was right in the middle of like that breakup of that I was breakup. talking, and I like my soul was crushed. I'm like I don't want to do any of this anymore. Like it's not give at the time it wasn't giving me what I wanted. Too much work for not enough payoff in what I thought was payoff then. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just recently, after like a year and a half, started posting again, which is still pretty inconsistent. But I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to continue posting, but it's not going to be like on a schedule. It's just going to come sporadically. So sorry. (laughs) <laughs> like, so ahead so, of time if you guys subscribe yeah don't but, get too hooked but it's like it's you know if I like recently I was editing a video today and I might abandon it just because I'm just like it's not giving me what I want and I've already put like hours of work into the editing but I'm like I don't want to just post this just because I've been working on it like it's just, if I it's almost like when you're shopping for clothes
2: mm-hmm.
1: my rule is if I don't absolutely love that like if I am like questioning it I won't buy it so like when I'm questioning a video, I'm like, I'm not gonna post it. You're
0: this. like Marie Kondoing. You're literally. YouTube. I'm like,
1: is it not g- I, I, it's not? I, it's true. That's It's very not bringing it. me joy. It's not bringing me joy. I'm not gonna post it. <laughs> so now I have to think of like another thing to post. It's like it really has to be. And like sometimes it'll be like a Sunday afternoon, and I'm like, I feel so inspired to like record this video about breakups or whatever, because that's just been on my mind a lot. But. Or was on my mind a lot, and so I'll like post it. And I'm like, no one asked for this, but it's something I feel compelled to share. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I think that there's a lot in that. I know that. Can I drink on that? Um, sure, as long as the.
1: Can i give you some ASMR.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so Dylan's drinking iced coffee. It's fine. You guys might um, hear some ice clanking around. That's tequila. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's nine AM. Oh, this is awesome. No, but I think that, you know, my channel, I doing the work that I mm-hmm. do, um, a lot of times, especially now, right? We're in the middle of an election. Not really. Biden just was announced president this morning. Hello,
1: good morning. I don't know
0: if this will what will be happening once this show comes out, but that's where we're at right now.
1: Which is that let's celebrate that. Let's just Let's just live in this moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, so things like that, things in politics, things in the world, different things I'll feel compelled to share on, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just like, hey, this is my process. This is what I'm going through. And throwing it up on the Internet can be really, really vulnerable because even though it's like an Instagram caption or something like that, like. Most often, and granted, I don't have the following that you have, <laughs> but most often it'll be like an overwhelming positive response. And people are like, thank you for sharing this. Or I thought I was the only person going through this. Yeah. So I can only imagine that like you going through a very public breakup mm-hmm. that sounds like it was pretty toxic. And we can get into that if you want, sure. yeah. um, is kind of like this YouTube lens into your soul, into your life, into like people don't see it as real life.
1: Sure. And to you You touch on a really important thing that's like super, it's super close to me um, and I think about it often, whether or not like something is too much for the internet. And Mm -hmm. for me, a lot of my friends, close friends, are very much in the camp of you shouldn't be posting on the internet. Not everyone needs to know your business. And I agree. Like you shouldn't be completely posting your entire life on the internet. I mean, maybe if that works for you, great. But for me, I am like, I am the, like, I'm so unafraid of my own emotions and my feelings. And I'm also so unafraid of like, like showing them. Like, I don't care. Like, I want people, I I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm proud of that. Like, that's something that I have witnessed people couldn't do if you handed them a million Mm dollars. And so, like, that I wear as like a badge of honor and I'm proud of it. So when I go on the internet and I have these moments of like vulnerability, as you say, and to some people, if I were to like run it by them, they're like, don't post that. That's too much. But I post it and I get this like overwhelming, like you said, response of like, oh my God, like you're someone who is going through a two and makes me feel like I'm not alone. And I get that all the time because I have gone through multiple breakups in my 20s two like major ones i would say and i have been uh, not afraid to post it on the internet and say how i'm feeling and there have been times where i've taken it way too far and typically i was under the influence of some things so those moments i'm not proud of um but like moments where i like Just want I need the, uh, I need like a venue to express myself, and Mm -hmm. so like that's where making YouTube videos comes into play. You know, Instagram was very, and I still don't get me wrong. If you want to go check out some some thirst traps on my on my Instagram, like they're there, (laughs) (laughs) they're there. Like my Instagram is thirst traps. My dog, um, Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande ponytail. Oh, by the way, if y'all want to go buy a ponytail hat. Um, a la Ariana Grande, they're in my Instagram bio.
0: We will also link them in the show notes.
1: Absolutely. Um, Ariana Grande, like my Instagram is an Ariana Grande stand account, and then these like emo posts because sometimes I get really not even sad; it's just like I'm feeling very emotional, and I want to express that mm-hmm. because it make it's like a it makes me feel good to like open myself up to people because for the most part, people receive it well. And I get those comments of like, you know, I have a lot of younger gay men who Mm -hmm. follow me who are like in their late teens, early 20s, and they see like what I've gone through relationship wise, and they like either identify with it, or like I've been asked a ton of times, like, how did you get through this? I'm like, let me tell you, like, here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do at the end of the day. You come first, period. Period. That, that is a lesson. Period. Pier, period. <laughs> God, that took me a while to get there. Uh, cause it's
0: be a matter of time until this entire show is yes,
1: <laughs> literally just like screaming out, "Like yes, mama." <laughs> um, that's like a lesson I've learned learned the hard way is like putting yourself first. It's not a joke.
0: And how? Because I am sure that people watching YouTube and watching, you know, influencers, it's like, you can, everything is you, you are the brand. Yeah. And so with a lesson, like learning how to put yourself first, it can probably be assumed that you already know how to do that, right? Like you're in front of a camera, I'm here, I'm like this big personality, but I think it's, I mean, obviously, anyone that's tried to do this, it's so much harder than that. So what was that journey like for you? How did you find to do that?
1: You know, I think I've dealt with – and this is something I've been talking about in therapy, which, by the way, Lindsay was the person who, like, sparked that flame in me to actually get the fuck out of my seat and go see a therapist because I – have always been the person that I'm like, I don't need therapy. I don't have any mental problems. Like, I'm fine. Mento. Mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, but like that's just not the case. Like, yeah, like like I always thought people who have mental illness or like uh people who like dealt with like anxiety or depression or whatever, were people who had like these awful childhoods or like traumatized as kids which is not the case for me. I'm very blessed. And I had like a wonderful childhood with wonderful parents and a wonderful family. But that doesn't mean I haven't gone through things in my life Mm -hmm. that I may have suppressed. And it's literally coming to the surface at the ripe old age of 25, 29. Sorry. 29. um, I'm like realizing like, Oh my God, like look at all this baggage I've been carrying around. And it's heavy. It's, fucking heavy man and so that was I th- the
0: Mexico trip the Mexico trip was the first time Dylan I like, and I sat down and yeah. I was like hey have you ever thought about this literally what do you think of this
1: and I'm like what
0: Dylan's like it, elbowing was, Andrew like, like
1: why'd sh- we bring this girl <laughs> I was shook I was shook to say the least but um I think I'm going on a tangent it's but okay
0: you were saying that going to therapy something that's been coming sure. up a lot and putting yourself first yeah
1: putting myself first on the internet is something that's definitely something that could be assumed. But at the end of the day, I think I did that because I feel so like rejected. Mm. Excuse me. Uh, at least in my, my, my real life, you know, the internet for me is it's not a real place. Like it's a, it's a medium that is like super, either one could be super amazing or super toxic, depending on how you use it. But, and I, both of those things, depending and on both. Yeah. It could be l- what both. Day it is yeah. literally. And so, I think I use the internet as a way to like, I use it as a way to like put myself like, I think in my life I have, I know actually I have a fear of abandonment mm. 100%. Not from my family or whatever, because I, they have the only people who are <laughs> literally have stuck by me, but like the people, like I've been in so many situations where I've been like, I put everything, like I put all my eggs in that basket I built a house on sand, and then it was gone. The and waves come the waves come and then it's it's gone and like that's a hard lesson for me, so like I have this like fear of abandonment that like has manifested okay. in so many different ways. How it relates to social media, I'm still trying to kind of get underneath that because for me, I was in such a place like in my mid twenties, that I'm like, I need to be Instagram famous. I want to be internet famous. I want to be YouTube star, and I would do everything. I f- girl, the amount of Facetune on those photos ah! is insane. <laughs> I mean, I still love me a little Facetune because it's just like, why not? But why like, not? like not to the point where I'm like unrecognizable anymore. But my like-
0: favorite post though this is tangential Also, (laughs) are the ones that you like hashtag no filter and your ass is huge. Your waist is like the size of like a hairpin.
1: Zane from the vlog squad, like started posting photos like that. And that cracked me the fuck up. And so I started doing that. Um, I haven't done one in a while, but yeah, no, it's like the internet. Like I'm now realizing I'm like, I just don't care. Like I just don't care because I've seen I, I'm on the other side of the fence now mm. and I'm like, it's not what I thought it was. Not that I have like a million followers, but like I have enough that like, it's a topic of conversation. Do people I,
0: recognize you when you're out that you don't know?
1: Sometimes. Yeah. Like, uh, usually it's just like, like when I go to the bars, like sometimes, and I mean like sometimes it's not often like people come up, like, Oh my God, are you Dylan Kenneth Hogan? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like, what's up? And they're like, Oh, I follow you on Instagram. And so like, that's really cool. Or whatever. But, like, it's not to, like, the level of, like, oh, my God, like, I can't go out. Like, I do have friends that do that. And it's, like, literally there's a fucking meet and greet, like, Like, waiting for us. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but um, the Internet still trying to get underneath, like, what, like, motivates me on the Internet because I'm not motivated in the way that I thought I was. And putting myself out there, like, I'm starting to, like, recoil a little bit on the Internet because – um, it's just not what I thought it was.
0: It's, it's definitely, you know, the internet, there's a cathartic piece to it that you touched on about putting yourself out there. And like I was saying, putting captions out there that resonate with people. Um, I kind of see it as like a, like a social journaling,
1: you Yeah. Know, like
0: there's so many of my journal entries that look like that. And completely. honestly, there's times where like, Hey, I've been journaling about this a lot. It's on my mind. I'm going to throw it up on the internet. So there can be, like, that kind of healing. Like, I'm here for you. This is my process. I hope it helps. Sure. Element of it. Yeah. And there's that, like, dopamine dump that we get when we see the likes on that post. 100%. And there's, like, the, the internet provides... External validation, yep. which, especially those of us that struggle with abandonment, Hella, oh my want God. to hear Hello. that we're enough.
1: Hello. That's okay. You just tied it together for me. That's the point I was trying to make. <laughs> there it is. Because it's true. Like I am now learning, especially with COVID. I, you know, I'm saying this with all of, like the humility in my heart. It's like COVID was really, cause I'm one of the lucky ones. COVID was the best that could have happened to me meaning the literal like forced shutdown Mm -hmm. and everything like I was forced to be with myself and just and I I used it to my full advantage stop drinking stop doing everything just like focus on myself and so now uh, and going to therapy all that different stuff like COVID has kind of like shifted my perspective on social media and I don't find myself posting things like that for this external validation anymore because like what I realized in my in COVID is like I like myself. Like I like and I enjoy myself. Like last night, Friday night, had you asked me pre-COVID, I'm like hitting up my friends. We're going to the bars, we're getting fucked up. Like we're going to Charlie's. I'm blacking out by like midnight. Staying at someone's apartment till like 4 a.m. and then sleeping till like 5 p.m. the next day like today. I would not be awake right now. And that was just my reality because like it's so easy to fall into that anyone, especially in the gay community, though. That is like, can you explain that a little bit more? Because I know that
0: some of my listeners have not experienced that community.
1: So, the gay community, in what I've experienced, this is my uh, experience alone. So, like, I'm not speaking on the entirety of the gay community. It's
0: not blanketed, but this is just where you are at. But you'll
1: find a lot more than often, um, gay men in their 20s um, are, you know, more privy to going out and drinking and maybe doing drugs or whatever it is.
0: Can, do you know maybe why or what about the culture? You know, I, is, is I know, promoting that?
1: you know, I don't know. Like I can't like exactly touch on it. I know I've like listened to a few podcasts that has talked about this before and I, I don't want to speak on something I don't know about, mm-hmm. but f- from what I've experienced is it's very normal for you know gays in their 20s to be going out all the time every weekend drinking a lot there's like a i mean from what i've experienced there's a lot of drinking issues in the gay community and that could be just like people not facing their own demons in the way that i didn't like i was using drinking as a crutch for sure Mm -hmm. and doing drugs and this and that whatever it is and just living it up um and so that was my reality. Like, I didn't hang out. I didn't start hanging out with gay people until, like, 20, 21. Cause and I went when to, did you come out? I came out when I was 17. Okay. Like, it was, like, one of those... Like I was lucky because I came out... I went to a Catholic school. I went to a Catholic school thing. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to get, like, killed here. And I tried my best to stay in the closet, but then it just kinda got to the point where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing this anymore. Came out of the closet and then I ended up becoming like the token gay at the school. Right. So it wasn't like a bad thing. In fact I ended up bringing Prom King. Yes. Senior class president. Editor of the yearbook. Like it was like it like turned my world around in a good way.
0: Well you were living your truth. Yeah. And
1: I was like, oh my God, like, oh, I'm not I'm not gonna be excommunicated. Got it. But that's not the case for so many people. people. So I was lucky. Then I went to CU Boulder and there's like hardly any gay people up there. And if there were gay people, I was terrified of them. So I stayed away. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started going out to bars and I started working at, you know, Trax Nightclub, which is a club here in Denver. And really just like immersed myself into that uh, nightlife culture. culture. And got myself into a lot of trouble. Partied and for enough people for, a, for enough, enough for a lifetime in like my early 20s and you know like that's just kind of like what my reality became and then I started going like trying to throw and meanwhile like the sustainability of living that life but at the same time wanting like a long-term relationship like healthy mm. relationship with someone financially stable wanting a family it's like those worlds don't don't collide at all
0: and especially i and i don't again don't want to make a big blanket statement mm-hmm. um but the gay community is known for like non-monogamy or open
1: relationships yeah that's and, something i'm struggling with
0: yeah and it's funny because heterosexual <laughs> relationships are now just think it's like the trendiest thing and that it's awesome and everyone's yeah. doing it. And i'm like okay well let's say like let's look at the culture that we like took this from yeah um but it it sounds like that also plays into yeah so that whole life
1: for sure and you know that's something i did not and continue not to subscribe to just be, not because i don't agree with it it just doesn't work for me and that's just because i haven't like gotten to like the root of like why i don't like it or i don't agree with it so It doesn't
0: mix well with abandonment either. No,
1: and I'm very insecure, and people don't believe that about me. I'm insanely insecure. Like, I have no confidence, like hardly any confidence. And it has manifested in so many different ways, especially in my relationships. But, like, you know, open relationships, non-monogamy are, like, wonderful things. And I'm, like, I almost feel like I'm, like, on the other side of this fence. Like, here's this fence. Here's monogamy. Here's, like, you know... All this poly polyamory, whatever it is. And I'm like saying, Oh shit. And I'm like sitting here, like looking at them being like, God, I wish I could be over there with them. And they look like they're having so much fun. And I have people, I've close friends of mine who are in long-term open relationship, loving open relationships and it works and they look so happy. And I'm like, how do they do it? Because anytime an open relationship has been suggested to me in a relationship it triggers something in me like, like, what am I not good enough for you? Mm. And that's not the case. Sometimes it was the case because they just were – what I've discovered is it was like (laughs) they didn't want to lose me, but they didn't want to fuck me.
0: They wanted to have their cake and eat it too.
1: Exactly. So, like, there is that too. But, like, for the most part, I – Like my goal for myself moving forward in relationships is to be open, more open minded and more like interested in these like these like different types of relationships. Because I was raised very traditional traditionally where it's like I only saw one person in my life, period, Mm -hmm. like one person for the rest of my life. And that's it. And still to me, like to this day, that still sounds like a good thing to me because I can do that. Like, that's something that I can commit to for sure. That's not the case for most people. And so then the struggle is, like, am I being in an open relationship because it's, like, actually something that's, like, we want and it's healthy? Or are we in an open relationship because we're too afraid to be alone, but we also aren't on a level of, like, commitment with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah,
0: and I think that that happens a lot, especially with how trendy open relationships have become. Mm -hmm. Um, I see it in my practice all the time. People who, even two years ago, wouldn't have even had this conversation, but Mm -hmm. because of things like podcasts and all these different things, we're hearing about it. And I think that people hear... And, and an open relationship is just an example of this. Yeah, sure. But if someone were to give you, you know, I think about like big pharmaceuticals, right? Mm-hmm. If you take this pill, you'll be better, mm-hmm. right? We want instant gratification. Sure. It's how, It's the world we've grown up in. Mm-hmm. And so if we're struggling in relationship it is so much easier for us to just be like, oh, well, I'm just not a monogamous person. That's what the problem is. And I'm going to be in this open relationship. Yeah. Instead of, no, I am still the same person, Yeah. whether I'm showing up in a monogamous relationship or I'm showing up in multiple relationships, I am still me. And if yeah. I haven't worked on my shit, yeah. all of the problems aren't going to go away. One hundred percent. And in fact, if I've got six relationships, six partners, whatever you want to call it, I have like my shit is going to be mirrored in all six of those and I've got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. So some people want it to be a cure-all and sometimes, and if you can, this is great, like more power to you. Dylan and I, it sounds like are not these people. Like if you're just like, hey, I'm here to have fun. I'm here for the party and like that's that's what I want to do. Cool. Um, That's like,
1: that's that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't want this to come off as like, I'm like, I don't want to, like there is no superiority over any type of relationship for me so far, I have not been able to wrap my head around open relationships. I'm extremely, I'll become extremely jealous. I'm like, uh, and and that's something I have to work on myself. And I don't know if that's a problem or not.
0: Do you become extremely jealous in a monogamous relationship?
1: 100%. Like, yeah. And that's another thing is like uh, that ties back to my insecurity, but then also I'll have, I'll, I mean, it's not, it's, um, it's baggage I've carried from relationships because there have been times when I've been in a relationship, actually one time I was in a relationship and my partner got off on other guys hitting on them
0: mm, on, on your partner.
1: Yeah. on the, And it like upset me that it's like, I don't care if someone flirts with my boyfriend. Like, I don't care about that at all. It's the re- It's reciprocated. It's when it's reciprocated. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Cause I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like we hadn't like, we're very upfront about like where our boundaries are and this is crossing a boundary. And like, if we were in an open relationship, that might be a different story, but we're not. And so I've been cheated on countless times. And that is just like the worst feeling in the world. You know, so many things have happened in relationships that like, I have absolutely carried that into other ones. And this it's
0: fear of being cheated on fear of abandonment. Yeah.
1: And so like, I am very much like, if something's not working, I like push harder. Mm. I push harder. And I like, I like to sometimes smother this person with love because like, if I love them harder, it'll make it better.
0: It'll make them say,
1: yeah. And it's not the case. And I tend to date guys historically speaking, who like I'm very much like uh, have like that anxious attachment, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I end up dating guys who have like a very avoidant attachment where like when I push harder, it pulls like pushes them away. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's just like it's not compatible. And um, I'm also, as I said, very comfortable with my emotions. Like if we're in an argument, I will slam that door and lock it and we're not leaving until we fix it. <laughs> like you're that's, not going anywhere.
0: And that's scary for some people. Some
1: people cannot handle that. And I'm like, absolutely not. We are going to fix it right now. And, and what
0: would happen if it didn't get fixed right now?
1: I would be devastated because then like when someone pulls away, like I've like, I'll use my last relationship. My most recent one as an example, this was a great example of it. Um, my, my, last partner when he would when things which which shit would hit the shit would hit the fan he would shut down mm. shut his phone off lock himself in his room for days wow and i wouldn't know what's going on or like i couldn't get an answer out of him and for me that drove me insane mm-hmm. i left work multiple times in the middle of the day went to his apartment and was like what is going on we're not, but we're not. And, it was, and a lot of the time it didn't have to do with me at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like seeing my partner in pain, like, like I just rushed to it like blood. Like I'm just like, I have to fix it because that person's sadness and, you know, anxiety is my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I can't be happy in a relationship if my partner isn't happy, you know? And then I go above and beyond and a lot and above me on to like fix it Mm -hmm. so much. I I do the absolute most and that's not always the best thing. Sometimes you just have to let it, let it be.
0: Yeah. There's, um, there, they do this a lot with, um, relationships that have become violent. Um, or like you know kind of like domestic violence Mm -hmm. but it helps a lot with fighting too um, is this idea of like the negotiated timeout have you heard Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. so negotiated is probably the most important word in that because it has to be something that both partners agree to Um, because timeouts quote-unquote timeouts can become very manipulative and can become very destructive in relationships especially like with what you were just explaining so for those listeners that don't know what a negotiated timeout is, it's basically when two people are at such a state of heightened arousal that... Have you ever been in a fight where you're just like, yell, both people are yelling and nobody's listening?
1: Oh, <laughs> too many to count. <laughs> you're,
0: like, you're like, yeah, I just slammed the door. We're arguing. I
1: literally... Yeah.
0: So it that's not effective, right? And so if we can agree that we are on the same team and it is our goal to be on the same team... Mm-hmm. Being in that environment is not conducive to that. No. So the idea of a negotiated timeout is it's agreed upon before the timeout is even taken that a partner can say, hey, I need a timeout right now. And at that moment, both partners agree. One can leave the house. One can go do the thing. But the agreement is the timeout is for us to calm down, Mm -hmm. let our nervous systems Mm -hmm. come back to equilibrium. And then when we rejoin, we're in a different state where we can actually talk and hear one another. So where this can get manipulative is like what it sounds like your ex would do. I'm going to leave for an unknown amount of time. I'm going to turn my phone off. Mm-hmm. You don't know where I am. Of course, someone with anxious attachment or anyone that cares about another person in general freaks out when someone does that. For sure. That can be really, really scary. Yeah. So... Before the timeout happens, <laughs> if we can say, okay, we sat down, we made this agreement, negotiated timeout can happen, I respect it, Yeah. and the timeout lasts for two hours, you can be at like X, Y, or Z place, so that I don't have to text you and be like, where are you? I know, it's like one mm-hmm. of these three places, I know that you're safe, I know you're not going to come back inebriated, yeah. because when we rejoin, the goal is to now talk about this sure. in, in a more calm collected way sure
1: no i completely agree with that and it's something that i try to practice Mm -hmm. and it's like if i because going to therapy i kind of i've learned these like tactics i'm like okay we need like because i in an argument go to zero to 100 in 0.05 seconds my like my like if you are if I feel disrespected or if I feel like you're intentionally not listening to me just to piss me off, I will, my head will explode and I will, then I would, then it just becomes a screaming match. Right. But it's, uh, in that instance, at first, when I first started seeing this behavior, I was like very much like, Oh my God, this poor tortured soul. Like
0: talking about your partner.
1: Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like what then, after a while I began to realize it was a way for him to use something against me. Right. It's he knows life. how I get, he knew how I get got, excuse me. Um, when these things happen and it was almost like a, like a power. Yeah. Like thing, like he had over me. Then that's when, you know, that's when I started to realize like, this is not going to work. We both realized it wasn't going to work because we just have completely two different ways of doing things. And also I realized there was never like, as much as I was like, we're on a team, I never felt like I was on someone's team. Right. I never felt safe with this person. Well, there's
0: a difference between knowing and understanding someone's triggers. Yeah. Working through it and processing it with them. And knowing someone's trigger and saying like, okay, I can manipulate this to be, to take a power stance in this moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what it kind of became. And you know what? I'm just like, no. And once again, I'm not doing this in a way to kind of like shit on anybody. Like at the end of the day, what it comes down to is like this person wasn't ready for a relationship. Mm. And that's kind of the, the story of my life is I get into a relationship with these guys who say they want all these things. But when like it comes to action, it never happens or it's mm-hmm. always inconsistent. And something I've learned is inconsistency is disrespect. Period. And that's something that my ex-partners, all of them, all two of them, (laughs) uh, failed to realize. I'm like, your inconsistency says that you don't care about me enough to actually do what you set out to do. And so when I call these people out on their inconsistent behavior, I then become the crazy boyfriend that's this. That's too dramatic. I'm over the top. Like this, this and that. You're like blah 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 blah. And I'm like, listen, and R you're too high maintenance. I always got I always got that. I'm like, I'm not high maintenance. You're just not you're just not stepping up to the plate. Like on a spectrum, like a relationship technically should be 50-50. I can even go to thirty seventy if that's the case. But if you're not even gonna give me five percent What are we doing? Why am I the only person holding up the house? Hmm. Why? And then why am I expected to tolerate your behavior, which is nothing, like, yes, girl, give us nothing. And I'm doing the absolute most, putting my best foot forward, doing everything I can, and somehow I'm not good enough for you.
0: Yeah, it's tough because we. it's really easy to fall into that messaging.
1: Which
2: if, e-
0: if I do this, I'll yeah. be enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can fall into a confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. And if we set in our own head, every single person on this planet has some sort of confirmation bias. So if I go looking for something, I'm going to find it. Mm-hmm. And if the message that I'm looking for is, if I do X, Y, Z, I am enough. Yeah. And someone doesn't reciprocate that to us, mm-hmm. then of course the, the opposite of that is true. And it's like, okay, then I'm gonna internalize that as I'm not enough. Sure. Um, so it's also important to go into these things like in doing the most, quote unquote, the most, mm-hmm. what is my goal? Is mm-hmm. doing the most feeding my soul? Is it something that I show up like that for me because that feels good?
2: Mm-hmm. Or
0: am I showing up like that to prove to somebody that I am good?
1: Oh, my God. She just hit the nail on the head. I saw something recently that was like, you're not doing this because you want to. You're doing this to prove to this person. Like, it almost – and this is something else. This is why I'm so mentally ill. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I use that, like, affectionately. Like, you know, like – Mental illness is no joke. But like whenever I say I'm mentally ill, it's just because I'm, I'm just saying I'm, I'm like. You're
0: coming to a realization. Of- a <laughs> realization
1: of just like this is. So I've learned like I can't give something up until I feel like I've won, which is weird because I'm not a competitive person in life. Mm. But like if I feel like I haven't won, I won't stop. Mm. And so basically it's like that proving, like proving to this person that like I am good enough. Has nothing to do with them. I'm sure they think I'm good enough, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. But it's like almost like this self-satisfying thing. It's like I'm going to beat this to prove to you that I'm good enough as a way for me to like have affirmation from you, mm-hmm. like I am good enough. Mm-hmm. And it never happened. So
0: because nobody, you know, this goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning in this external validation. Yeah. You you have tons of people on the internet telling you how much your captions help them, how hot you are, how Mm -hmm. all of these things. And like, those are great. Sure. Like they make us feel good, but the only person that can make us feel like enough Mm -hmm. and it truly matter and truly stick is if we believe
1: it. It's true. Like, uh, Alyssa Edwards from drag race said it, said it best how you can't sell something if you don't buy it first. Mm. You can't sell, you can't make someone believe you're good enough unless you believe it and that's something i in quarantine have learned like i'm i'm not near i don't think i'll ever be fully like confident in myself whatever it is and but like i have made steps so many steps and strides in like healing and like learning about myself what is it about myself that people even like because like for the longest time i didn't even like one thing about myself Mm -hmm. look in the mirror i'm like i literally can't even look at myself i'm gross meanwhile i'm getting comments on Instagram being like yo you're so hot yada 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 like why don't you have a boyfriend whatever it is and quarantine has like forced me to be with myself and be alone with my thoughts and even like as i was saying before oh this is where i was getting off track last like on a friday night it's like going out instantly blackout party 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 do it all over again the next week last night i edited a video I turn on a podcast. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts right now is Frenemies with Trisha Paytas and Ethan Klein. <laughs> yeah, I'll have just, to check it out. Yeah, it's it's crazy, um, but it's so fun. And I laid in bed. I made gumbo last night. Ooh, it was delicious, and I had I cracked open two white claws, and I was like, "Oh my god, what a gorgeous night!" Passed out at like ten thirty.
2: Yes, and it was just
1: like, and I was happy. Whereas, like before, I would have this that FOMO of like. Oh my God, like, where am I going to go? Like, I have to do something. I have to go out and hang out with my friends. I'm going to miss out. Like, I don't have that anymore. In fact, at this point, like, I'm like, I don't want anyone to text me on the weekends because, like, I just enjoy my alone time so much. Like, that's, like, crazy to me because that is not the person I was a year ago. Not even six months ago, maybe. And, like, I had this dependency on drinking. I had this dependency on being around people. I have literally two friends, two super close friends, Andrew James being one of them.
0: The best. Shout out again.
1: Hello. And Javier Valenzuela. Mm -hmm. Those are my two girls. And I loved them to death. And like, that's like, I mean, I have obviously friends. You're one of my close friends as well. You know, I have friends out in LA, Andrew Neighbors, all these different people. But like the people who I'm always in contact with are those two. And that's fine with me. Like, I love that. Like, It's just, like, a close-knit of people, a group of people who I can trust. Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters to me. I don't need to be the most popular person. I wanted to be the most popular person for the longest time. Like, I wanted to be Miss Congeniality. But I don't care anymore. I don't care. And in the span of six months, I realized that. And it's crazy. And, like, now it's almost, like, weird to me because, like, now I'm kind of – I've been single for eight months. Hmm. longest I've ever been single by a landslide.
0: Wow. How does that feel? I mean, I have my own guess that like so much of this.
1: Well, you actually, I'm going to bring this oh, up. Geez. You set that analogy, that life raft analogy.
2: Give that, it to me. I don't the remember. One, what it was. Okay. You're going to have to, you're
1: going to have to remind me cause I always butcher this. It's like jumping from relationship to relationship and using a relationship almost like a life raft. And, like not knowing how to swim yourself. And then like, once you get off, like once that life raft deflates, then you're like out in the middle of the ocean and you don't know how to fucking swim. So it's like, how are you going to take care? How are you going to survive? So right. I fully like that analogy. So great. Excuse me. I'm burping.
0: That's the tequila. Ugh, that's the tequila, <laughs> I'm fucking
1: wasted. You guys. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, like, this is the first time since I've started dating where I haven't jumped right into a relationship or use somebody else to, like, feel better. Mm. Every relationship I've been in, long-term relationship I've been in, has been some sort of, like, crutch. And that's not to, like, say I didn't love these, pers- these people deeply. Like, I, each relationship I've been in, I believed I was going to marry that person. But when it comes down to is, like, I wasn't being healthy. I hadn't dealt with anything from the previous relationship. I just jumped right into something else. And this is the first time I've, like, just stopped. And I feel weird because I feel like I need to put myself out there again for another guy to, like, validate me, mm-hmm. which is not the case. Like, I I want – so my goal is this my next relationship is gonna be my last. I want it, like, I need it to be my last. Because I'm going, like, I have all this baggage, all this Gucci baggage here, (laughs) Louis Vuitton baggage, and I have to figure out a way to, like, live with, either live with it and just be happy with it, or, like, I don't know, get rid of it somehow. Because I don't wanna put, like, all this baggage that I've collected on relationships onto another person mm. and that and that's in the and I'm not saying that like I'm the only culprit in these relationships that's causing these problems that's fit it's a relationship it's two people two people have their own problems but what I'm planning on now is just like literally just being at one with myself and my career and getting to a point where I'm so comfortable and so confident in myself with those two things and then starting a new relationship with someone where I can share those happy things together, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where, yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at right now.
0: It's a lot more conscious, like instead yeah. of, I can't swim,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I have to, whatever raft comes my way, mm-hmm. I have to crawl on to sure. for survival. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're like, hey, like I'm in the water. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the waves come Mm -hmm. and the waves look like Louis Vuitton baggage (laughs) and I'm proving to myself that I'm strong enough to swim through the waves Yeah, and understand and process and show up to this next relationship, not out of desperation, Mm -hmm. right? But out of like a conscious decision of I want to be with you.
1: Yeah. 100% and like my father said something recently to me he's like you you have to realize no one is going to come and save you Mm -hmm. no one is coming to save you like this is your life and this is your responsibility and there, like I I see myself as someone who is very emotionally intelligent but like there's this disconnect where like my insecurity and like my lack of confidence is like contradictory to like the level of emotional intelligence I have because I like am very aware of all these things but like where is the puzzle piece you know what I'm saying mm. and so for me like I am putting myself in this mindset now of like before I had this mindset of like I'm going to find my partner we're going to have a family we're going to have kids together and we're going to have the rest of our life together whatever now I'm putting myself in a point a, a mindset of like I am the only person here like I'm the only person that I have and I'm going to build my life in a way that like serves me well and if someone comes along to enjoy all that with me that's awesome but if all but if they don't that never happens awesome I'm not going to die
0: right their presence doesn't dictate my goodness or 100%. my success
1: I don't need someone I want someone I want it to be like that I but at the Up until my last relationship, I was very much like, I need this person. Mm. So uh, it's all about growth. And I think I'm like, I think I'm getting there.
0: I can say that this conversation is so much different. I wish we could (laughs) record. I wish I had a podcast in Mexico.
1: If you had that recording, like I would look at myself and be like, ew. The
0: growth of Dylan.
1: Literally, it's crazy how like much I've grown. And girl, like I make mistakes all the time. Like, all the time, for sure. Well, we're human. And we're human. And that's fine. I'm having a lot more compassion for myself for making these mistakes. And so, but, like, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm doing well. I have another analogy from my friend Javier, who his therapist passes on to him, was, you know, he, in this moment of, like, turbulence, was, like, freaking out. was like, oh, my God, my life is coming to an end. And his therapist was like, do you have a roof over your head? Do you have food in front of you? Do you have water? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So you have all the things you need to survive right there. You have a job. Do you have your family? Do you have friends? And it kind of like re-ish- like re- like helping you realize like you're not your life is not over. Like I am showing and that's another thing that's helped me a lot is just showing gratitude everywhere you can to the most annoying point. I thank my family and my friends just for existing all the time, just because I'm just like, God damn, like, thank God for you. Like I have friends, family. I have a career. That's like something that I've also learned is super fragile. And don't, if I could pass a piece of advice on anyone listening to this podcast, do not let a relationship ever, ever come in, come in the way of your bag. Like that's a hard lesson I had to learn. I literally let my relationships ruin career opportunities for me mm. because I was so invested in these re- these toxic relationships. Well,
0: you're investing everything. 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 So people weren't getting the best of you. They were getting I the rest of you. I literally
1: lost jobs because I could not focus because I was so focused on these people. So if I had to pass a piece of advice on anyone listening to this, do not ever let a relationship dictate your career path lady gaga has the best and that's not to not to say you can't hold a relationship in a career if it's just you know what i'm saying but find the balance find the balance but like gaga has the greatest quote and it forgive me if i don't get it like verbatim but she says like some women and also this applies to everyone not just women uh, some women choose to follow men and some women choose to follow their dreams if it comes down to choosing a relationship or your career, just remember that your career is not gonna wake up one morning and tell you it doesn't love you anymore. So like that's something I heard as a teenager, I was like, oh, fuck that. (laughs) And now having gone through it, I'm like, holy shit, she wasn't kidding. She was not kidding. So that's another thing. I like folk, like my career is my relationship right now and I'm thriving so oh, yeah like i literally treat my relationship like my boyfriend
0: your career like your boyfriend
1: what did i say my relationship oh fuck my <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> i treat slip. my job <laughs> i treat my job like my boyfriend I give it blowies every night
0: <laughs> what a place to wrap it up no pun intended there but uh oh, um, Dylan, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. hopping on. If people want to see the thirst traps, they want an Ariana Grande ponytail, where do they find you? Where do they go?
1: You can find me at Dylan Kenneth Hogan on YouTube, on Instagram, and that's Dylan spelled D-I-L-L-O-N, the correct way. And um, yeah, that's... Where can find me at Dylan Kenneth That's it. That's it. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dylan. Thanks, Lindsay.